0: (laughs) Welcome back to the PC Perspective Podcast. We've reached episode 741. This is being recorded on September 20, 2023. I'm Sebastian Peek.
1: I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath, and I can't wait till 747, and we can start it off with Queen of the Skies. Yes.
2: I'm Brett. And I'm Kent Burgess.
0: Yes, we've reconvened yet again, even if it was a slow news week. It wasn't really, actually. It was, it was medium news week, but we have lots to talk about. And we're going to start off by talking about Patreon. Yes, give us money, throw us money, please. We beg you. Like uh, Tom H-Man. Uh, H-Man. He made it rain. Yeah. He made the it dollar, rain for us, and we thank him for it. And all that. So that's the Patreon segment. And uh, Josh, it's time for Me. the food No. Segment. Yes.
1: Yes. Okay. So I had the uh, Blue Burger. It's not B-L-E-W. It's B-L-E-U. And the Blue Burger is comprised of two beef patties topped with caramelized onion, bacon, blue cheese crumbles, and topped with a sweet balsamic reduction. Sumptuous is a word that you could describe. Paris perilously unhealthy is is another, but I guess, you know, blue cheese. I don't know. But if if you don't like that a kind of kind of, you know, astringent taste with with blue cheese, then it might not be your cup of tea or double patty burger. However, the sweet balsamic reduction really offsets a lot of that blue cheese issue and uh, the combination of the bacon and the caramelized onions, it all just comes together nicely. You can still taste the beef. Mm. It was a filling burger. It made me feel good. The fries were good. It was just, you know, yet again, another top-notch experience. And unfortunately, meat prices are continuing to go up. So I, I may have to do this once every two weeks now.
0: Let's move to our first news story of the week. And Intel has had their Innovation 2023 going on. Uh, Today is day two. Yesterday was the big keynote with some of the architectural details being discussed for their new CPU. Well, SOC. Meteor Lake. Not the 14th gen refresh that we've seen rumors about. This is different. This is all new architecture. And Intel says their biggest architectural shift in 40 years. That's a That's lot what of decades. They say. That's yeah. what they say. I'm looking at the fact that there are different tiles now, so that, that reminds us of another company. They don't have chiplets, they have tiles. They have a 3D performance hybrid architecture. This
1: is, of course... And remember, it's, it's not glued. No, no, no. It's not, not haphazardly
0: glued. glued. <laughs> it's using a class-leading, I'm sorry, industry-leading, Foveros 3D Packaging. Industry-leading, not industry-leading, would be their process technology. Intel 4, which I think is 6 nanometer or something. I don't know.
1: 6 to 7. Okay. So no, Their 7 it, is 10.
0: It's an improvement. It should be an improvement in, in, in a number of ways. But I've, I kept going back to this SOC tile because it has these extra E cores on it. There's a compute tile with E cores and P cores. But the SoC tile, which has the media engine, the display engine, Wi Fi 6E, Bluetooth, memory controller, and NPU, which they talked uh, about at nauseum yes. because of the whole AI thing. But there are these low power E cores in there.
1: And when we were. It doing, almost makes what? you think that this could also be utilized in another product. Mm hmm. Interesting. The double E cores? I mean. Well, yeah, well, I mean, you know, one... Okay, think about way back in the day when NVIDIA was actually making cell phone chips and they had a really super low power, um, you know, core that it handled things like the touchscreen and, and, and some other low... Mm-hmm. This was before Big Little was, was a thing. And it's, it's also kind of interesting that Intel would do something like this that, you know, maybe this really low power E-core can do other... Menial things, but also possibly—I don't know—power something else that has larger NPUs or, you know, graphics uh, chips attached. Or uh, the flexibility here is is kind of interesting. I, I know nothing about future plans, but uh, it's kind of interesting to think that this might be used for other things.
3: Hmm. I hope I you know really another uh, company that. That spreads what? that sort of uh, that yeah. sort of layout around as well. Back in 2015, in the months before my son was born, I
0: did things like review phones. And this particular one right here, the Zenfone 2, this was an Intel-powered smartphone. If I could remember the name of the platform, is that Medfield?
1: I think you're right.
3: I think it is. So this is. Uh, oh, it's part of the Atom line. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was very much an Atom. Back when Atom was Atom. <laughs> let
0: me, let me and, tell uh, you, it was power an VR Adam. graphics. Yeah, but this oh, power thing, VR when that was, was a thing. This thing was so responsive. It was beyond even what you could get on an iPhone at the time. The, just the, the ramps, the speed ramps were instantaneous. Whenever any kind of touch input was detected you would get like one or two cores ramping up to max clocks. So it it was a very, very responsive touch experience and it made the phone feel so snappy. Even when it wasn't as fast, when you actually ran benchmarks and things, it, it was not up to the level of the flagship Android phones at the time. But it,
1: it was an interesting... It's crop. almost like Intel, as a CPU company, had been working <laughs> on ramping up clock speeds when they're needed well before ARM and its partners mm-hmm. had done that effectively. And in fact, kind of before AMD in ways. Yeah. Yeah. Although ARM had big little long before, but they weren't so good at ramping up. Now, that's a whole different conversation, though. But anyway, Fair Meteor man. Lake.
0: There are four tiles, four, four
1: tiles, four, <laughs> four. four, four tiles. They have the compute
0: tile, which has new E core and P core microarchitecture on Intel 4. You have the SOC tile, as we've discussed. Uh, insert, you know, twenty-five straight minutes of AI talk.
4: Now, is it just me, or is uh, Intel using a lot of sienna color in this presentation?
0: Hmm.
1: Some people will know what that means. All so, I know is, if you whip me with that wet noodle anymore, I'm going to say there's five tiles.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and of course, hey, and and arc. What it, it's wet
1: noodle from a faux, so it's
0: faux.
2: Mm. So if they're tiles, they're held together with grout, not glue. Is that correct? Correct. Okay.
0: Unless Just they're needed like, to clarify. They, they could be stick down tiles with with optional
2: grout. You know.
0: Well, but they said there was no glue. So oh that's right. So be they can't grout. be stick down. All right. So they are grouted, yeah. fully grouted tiles. All right. Yeah. I should have asked. That's the question that nobody asked during the Q and A. Dang it. What a missed
1: opportunity. Okay, Okay, so here's something. Here's something. Okay. Here's something. Going back to our discussion, here's something that Intel has not done effectively in the past 25 years, and that is to get on a single architecture for all their products, (laughs) for (laughs) graphics. So they had different stuff with different subsets of features for chipsets, different CPU cores, sometimes even in the same family would have a different graphics architecture it drove the software people nuts because they had to support so much stuff there was something at one time 32 different uh distinct kind of architectures with different feature sets that they had out in their entire ecosystem and you know love him or hate him uh Raja has done some good things you could argue that he has not been as effective as possibly he could have been he has moved along but what he has done is really focused it so that they can make an architecture that you can throw out onto these mobile CPUs and it's a lot the same as what their you know standalone stuff is it's it's they needed to do it for so many reasons, especially software drivers, as we know, are hard and they're hard to do. And it's it's look at Starfield performance, Battlefield 2042 still apparently does not run that I learned this past weekend. Um, Yeah, it's it's rough. And so to get their software guys focused on one architecture and make it work effectively across all platforms, that's a huge win. And I really hope to see more of this. And this would, in fact, push a little bit more impetus uh, towards the ability um, to actually survive as a graphics firm in the future. We'll talk about later. Mm. Yeah. The
0: graphics we'll talk about later. And the ARC thing, ARC is not in every skew,
1: by the way. Not every skew, but it's getting there. Yeah. Well, but it's it, in every podcast.
0: It's not in every yeah. skew of the upcoming uh says arc graphics only available in select mtl processor powered systems with dual channel memory so clearly you're not going to put arc graphics in a bandwidth starve situation in a budget laptop so i guess that's going to be up to the system builders and how they want to integrate and how much they want to spend but as we know there are plenty of pathetic laptops only eight gigabytes of memory on a single dim even today Mm -hmm. which
3: is sad and Did you just marry the word pathetic with that? I just, just want to check. That. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's pathetic to only have a single DIM in anything. Okay. Okay. Haven't we reached the point where quad-channel memory is becoming kind of standardized because of DDR5? and hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> So this, this whole thing, the 3D performance hybrid architecture, it's supposed to do all sorts of things for your battery life and your productivity and the way that you live your digital life, plus AI and all that stuff but those low power e-cores I think that they actually work with the media engine so you will not even need to use main P or e-cores from the compute tile Ooh. to do things like watch YouTube videos
3: so it could be very interesting for battery can, life can we just briefly mention like the all e-core chip what does it have on it like 288 288 e-cores something like that yeah it's a crazy. different product
1: but yeah yes. it's mm. nuts
4: yeah so maybe uh, you're now like... for something completely different
3: yes Hey,
0: can we all just stop talking about Intel for five seconds? Whoa! And please. Overreact? Why do we want to talk about Intel? No, I want to talk. I want to overreact to some very early speculation about the next NVIDIA GPU architecture and the RTX 5090 rumors at VideoCards.com. Okay, listen to some of these uh, possibly made-up numbers, tagged as a rumor so you know uh, <laughs> and on video cards this, tagging is a rumor well this they, looks they digitally edited if it's rumors or not that this is just a, a, a render okay and some photoshopping or you know whatever they use so favorite They're using paint nowadays our favorite old school twitter data miner copite 7 Kimmy blackwell confirmed these rumors and informed us, this is VideoCards.com, that the upcoming RTX 50 series would adopt the GB2XX naming convention. Very important. So, uh, let's just talk about some of these numbers. 50% increase in scale compared to a 4090, so presumably cores, they're saying. A About the same increase in memory bandwidth. A 78% mm. increase in cache. Oh, of course. 15% increase in frequency. And a 1.7% X improvement in performance so yeah talking about just monstrous change now bear in mind this is the company that's
1: all in on AI right where okay we're, well you know to, to step back a bit yeah. the RTX 4090 was a pretty significant jump from the 3090
2: okay yeah. I mean
1: yeah it ate it ate the power but it was it was there that is all yeah Move that's, away from
0: me. <laughs> that's not wrong. That's it. My- okay, it. Alright, I was taking a drink of water Moving and had my hand on the Was console. it
4: really one point
0: seven though, Josh? <laughs> I think it was like half again the performance. It was it was significant. We'll hear a lot more about this in the next year or so until we actually get a fifty ninety. The the idea here is just kind of ludicrous. But yeah, I'm I'm a little worried about the cost. Somebody in the YouTube chat said, Yeah, two hundred and percent increase in cost and I just feel like that's probably Accurate. Someone else said it. Well,
2: it said right there in the specs, it was one point seven times the cash.
0: Oh,
4: Oh. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Welcome to the club. It's probably
1: going to be introduced at at two (laughs) thousand (laughs) dollars. Yeah, I think you're right, Josh. I think you're right. Yeah,
0: fifteen. Let's let's be honest here. Let's for the for the performance level of the forty ninety this generation, fastest graphics card ever produced for a consumer. $1,599 $1,599 was not enough. It should have been like $2,500 for this <laughs> insane... I'm serious. Look at the old Titan X type product. I was going to
4: yeah. say, look at the old Titan. It's a 1000 bucks. Are you mad? Ryan, why are you <laughs> buying one? Right. Well, it's got Star Wars on it.
0: Right. right. It sounds... Right. Yes. The light side of the dark side. Put it there at Which like 2500 and then have a 4080 Ti at 1500 and then a
1: 4080 at $1,000. But what do I know?
0: I don't get hmm. price their stuff.
1: Nobody does, because they're all in on AI. And
0: that's you know, the
1: thing. even though they do they do focus on gamers, I mean they they still have like 80% of the market share of discrete graphics cards. But it's like I mean, we're we're throwing you a bone in that we're releasing drivers all the time. We do have a next generation product stack, but you're gonna pay for it. And in fact, you're really not getting anything really better than last generation at that same price point, except DLSS 3.
0: Moving swiftly along to another story about graphics, Intel has uh, their commitment to building GPUs is uh, pretty self-evident. This is in quotes, as Arc lands in Meteor Lake. So, I mean, they already have the architecture and it was originally based on mobile graphics architecture. So it makes sense it would be in the next... SoC, but yes, uh, Tom Peterson says, quote, is Intel committed after billions and billions of dollars of investment and over five years of development and now bringing that to Meteor Lake? I mean, I think it's pretty self-evident, and quote, Peterson says, though he doesn't actually come out and say he it. Say. Saying, he doesn't say. He's saying, doesn't say. I think it's pretty obvious, it's really isn't self-aware. it? That's not a yes or no, Tom. Damn. Somebody needs to get him on the show and ask him the tough questions.
1: Axe him. Oh, there.
3: <laughs> there is a picture of somebody talking to him just below that. Where oh, is there? Okay, well, that looks yeah, like the same is, render yeah. I the, used the... for. Oh medium. wow, I oh,
0: there's Tom. It.
3: Yeah, could, but keep going.
0: Oh, oh there's here Tom we go. and Ryan. Oh. There's a still from one of their videos mm-hmm. talking about. I mean, look at the commitment. They have custom T-shirts. That's commitment. I bet, I bet his has an arc logo on it too. If his hand. I logo. wouldn't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, they have custom artwork. They have a set. They have built them a set. Okay, I don't know if this is a green screen. Or if it's real, the table looks real,
3: but Ryan. Supposedly, well, there's reflections. So, you know, one of the, one of the real pieces of data that I gleaned from this particular article was the fact that they left out FP 64 on all their current arc GPUs and are actually adding that, I guess, back in at some point or somehow, well, it's, it's gotta go with battle mage Mage. battle mage. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Apparently Shouldn't some games use FP 64 computations, so... What games that. are using FB64? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, know, maybe I don't know. Nothing, nothing is I using don't. This. Apparently that's not exactly true. Yeah. They actually so really have... Solutions seen? in search of a problem mm-hmm. is right.
4: a theme
0: tonight.
3: Well, you know, yeah, I, really.
0: I found a game... From Game Jolt that uses
3: FP64 <laughs> and I need a graphics card. they can handle that. Uh, occasionally, they're, they're seeing an issue with games what? that elect to okay. use this. FP64 so. is something that's more in like the professional workstation world, right? Perhaps they have run up against, I don't want to call them lazy, but developers that use just say, give me the widest. Who, you know? Who is using bit, double precision for bit, gaming? Bit no numeric one. That, no one. that I can... I don't know the the Nintendo oh, Switch is half precision for crying out loud it's FP sixteen <laughs> you know it was good enough for the Switch it is
1: the Switch it's is good it's, it's, for in,
4: it's
1: in it's in a
0: lot of hands it's everything
1: yeah there, I, you know before we make any more things this probably needs a little bit more digging than to just take yeah. because yeah I I can't see double precision for for game it just. It doesn't make th- much sense.
0: I think Brett is just having some kind of a fever dream. I will there's literally quote AD. Tom.
3: A native implementation it's, it's, it's of Etsy sixty four on Arc has turned out to be a nuisance because that shows up some places game engines, and there's stuff we have to do to make that work, Peterson says. So as we get more mature on Arc, we're gaming first, and we know what Wait those Wait a minute. Are. Is he talking about like from a development standpoint? the context just be lost real time the rendering is there.
0: All right, speaking of graphics, we keep on talking about graphics.
3: It's like we're a PC gaming podcast
0: or something. AMD wow. has released adrenaline software 23.9.2. Now, this is nothing new. There's new drivers all the time. But what's interesting about this one is in addition to the new game support, as we would expect, this is Lies of P, Party Animals, and The Crew Motorfest, there is new AMD Radeon Anti-Lag Plus game support. For starfield the witcher 3 elden ring and immortal of avium up to a 45 percent decrease in latency across select titles when amd radeon anti-lag plus is on on the radeon rx 7900 xtx in select titles oh that's the number okay so i guess you can use it in other gpus let's see what uh compatible gpus there are oh geez wait i better download this update if you have 5,000, 6,000, or 7,000 series graphics cards, you yeah. can take advantage of it. I do not see any support for the uh, Polaris
3: onboard cards. Yeah, there's, there's sort of this lack of support for Polaris and, of course, older cards. I don't and see Vega. Radeon 7 either. <laughs> yeah, Vega, sorry. Radeon 7. What are you so, talking um, about? Those cards never existed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. We're starting to see this in a couple of other up, uh, updates as well. It's a you little know, bit sad to see cards that are still capable of very reasonable performance at 1080p getting left behind due to lack of driver support now. But
4: honestly, at a certain point, don't you sort of just say, you know, here's a driver that works really well. Stick with it. If we need security updates, we'll pass it on to you and you'll get a new one. But
3: the problem is they're point- so game- there's so many game specific optimizations in a, per, in, in a per driver.
4: And let's, fair. But people that are rocking those cards generally aren't really uh, upgrade friendly.
3: Are you the saying they're running works.
4: Linux? They're running Linux? Is that what you're saying? Well, not necessarily. <laughs> Could be running BIOS. Uh, Come on, you know,
1: man. It's an 8 gig card. <laughs> it's yeah, it like, awesome. they, They've settled
4: on a system, it works. They don't want to mess with it, they don't want to deal with driver updates. They just want something that works and away they go. Uh, you know, I'm not necessarily calling my dad out on this, but he's one of them where it's just like, it works. I don't want to have to download anything. I don't want to have to deal with anything. I just want it to work. And so you, you hit one of the, the uh, like a legacy long-term, uh, sustain, uh, long-term support driver and just stick with it. If you upgrade, yeah. Okay. You've got to get to the new cards and stuff, but the chances are, if you're still playing with that old card, you're not buying a brand new game on day one. You didn't go out and buy Phantom Liberty. So having something that's stable and just works, I mean, Nvidia did that. They severed, what was it? The, uh, 10 and 20 series, I think. No, the 20 series is still going, but the 10 series has been severed. It's like, you've got a long-term update. This is it. And honestly, if you're running something that's legacy and, you know, I'm stretching the word legacy here a little bit because it's only a couple of years, but it's like, it's kind of nice not for them to have to deal with it. And then when you come over and try and fix a computer and download a new driver, and every single thing that goes wrong, up to including them losing their keys, was obviously because you messed with the computer. So I, I, I don't know. I like eventually you do have to just sort of stop updating. I mean, that's why Windows isn't in such a mess that it is, is legacy support you got to you got to cut the leash at some point
2: don't you by the way there's still a lot of people playing uh on 1080 ti's out there
0: but yeah, but got one I, running back in there. this last uh round of gpu testing for the 7800 xt launch uh the 1080 ti i put it back on the test bed and i started benchmarking it and i ran into an issue where uh, 60% of the stuff I wanted to run on it does not run on it because it's not a fully DirectX 12 compliant GPU. So unless I Ooh. decided to shave off the DX12 Ultimate stuff, I would not be able to do apples to apples comparisons with anything because I was running certain games and it was automatically disabling any kind of DXR effects on the 1080 Ti. Yeah, Sebastian, CI. just put the Rage 3D back in the box. <laughs> so it It's a fantastic DX11 card. You're really not going to do any better (laughs) for that era of gaming. But for DX12 stuff, you pretty much have to move on at this point. Get a 60 or a Get right 6000 series card from AMD or higher or get a 20 series card from maybe. And year.
3: and yeah. if you're on AMD, we've entered an era where if you're not running an RDNA based uh GPU, you're going to be left behind unfortunately. Not okay. uh, because the hardware is terrible, but because the driver support is disappearing and there's only so much uh time they mm-hmm. have to support stuff.
0: Intel has a whole new way to crack cores. That's right, glass. It has uh similar properties as silicon. But dimensional stability and ability to scale, according to this slide from Intel Corporation. So, glass core substrates instead of organic substrates, please discuss.
4: Well, I mean, you're going from an organic substrate to an inorganic chip to an inorganic substrate and an inorganic chip. Makes sense, doesn't it?
3: No. No, I'm not, I'm not okay, sure what, so really, what, here, what the advancement
1: here is. Ceramic. Substrates. Yes, they were really bulky and yep. didn't do great things. But you know they were easy to make. And then we went to organic, and you could make them thinner, and they were fairly rigid, but they were also pretty strong. But the uh, thermal and uh, especially electrical—I mean, there was you know some leakage in there, and so not well. Okay, leakage is a bad word, but organic you, you couldn't pack stuff in. You know, uh, whether through via just PCB type stuff of routing, uh, it was okay. wasn't great, but it was okay. And now we've got glass, which is really uh, very much an insulator. And they've made it pretty tough, apparently. Um, so it's probably not going to crack like you're saying. But... You can also populate it with far more, you know, through via's mm-hmm. layers. Yeah, but like, can't get a hold
4: of it, and it's going to crack. That was the <laughs> crack I was making.
1: Okay, Ha-ha. Yeah. Yeah. so carry anyway. on. Sorry, but yeah, it's it is. Um, it's it's you know the the future is materials. I mean, yeah, we've got EUV, we've got uh, NAUV coming up. Uh, we've got other things that you know. you could could deposit metal atom by atom essentially anymore. But this is another area where it's a slight improvement that can make for a large jump in the future. So yeah, materials, glass, it looks like it's got a future to it. And it's gonna be kind of interesting to see if if people can actually crack it with, uh, you know, thermal properties. I mean, maybe, I mean, it seems pretty tough, the way they're describing it. So,
3: I don't know. So, it's, it's going to be, be tough. It's, it's not going to be any more delicate than... But it's going to be transparent, transparent man.
1: Oh, no. No, it's probably, probably not yeah. going to
3: be no, tra- it's, transparent. No, it won't be transparent.
4: But, no, it's going to be about the same robustness.
2: Oh, okay.
4: It's just that you can do so much more with it. And, I mean, it makes sense. I,
1: I, I'm probably... Gla- glass know, is not, okay, here. by the way, Wood glass yeah. is, is not a ceramic. That's that's no. two totally different type materials. Damn straight. I mean, they're close in ways, but glass is, is not a ceramic. You're thinking of Corning Gorilla Glass. Yeah. That would be a ceramic, I believe, yes. Well, it's 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 got multiple things in there, so I guess yeah, you probably could talk about it as a ceramic. It's a colloid.
2: Yeah. Uh, Dr. Ian Cutress ha- actually has a, a video that I believe he launched yesterday uh about this very thing. Um, was he even today? No, no, he was just really? uh he was going into Intel talking about it and um he explains it in a way that is is I cannot. He's a very smart young man. Um but you know he's very excited about the possibilities of it, and I, I do oh, yeah. see the benefits. It it could be really cool what they can do here. But as no, Jeremy absolutely. said, you know it might make delitting a, a little uh, a little dangerous. <laughs> well, I was again, about that. it
0: was already dangerous. Yes, but then again, <laughs> the, uh, the way the that sound that it because, made
4: because you're not having to drive through uh, and deal with the organic they can probably lower or, well, sorry, they improve the power delivery. So the power delivery is not being spread out as much as it is currently. It's going to be very, very tight little places. And so you might not have to delete, it, you know, unless you really want to. Uh, the, and the other thing is that uh, one of the things you're talking about is you're allowed, you will be able to make larger packages. You still might have the tiny little process, but you've got a larger package And that should make yields significantly better, which would be, you know, wonderful for everyone.
1: Yes, larger packages are wonderful for everyone. Yes, we all love the larger packages. And also, uh, it is going to improve AI and is backwards compatible with crypto and blockchain. Uh.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I just mentioned that when I'm swallowing a beer that it's bound
0: to give us better FP64,
3: more FP64. Yeah, for gaming.
0: All the FP64 (laughs) for those gamers. Let's pause here for a word from this week's podcast sponsor.
3: How would you like to get Farm Fresh pre-portioned ingredients delivered right to your home, specially dialed in with seasonal recipes? Well, we've been raving about all that and more with our recent experience with HelloFresh. They're going the extra mile to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. So why not kickstart your busy fall routines with HelloFresh too? Let HelloFresh handle the meal planning and grocery getting on your behalf, essentially letting them do the hard parts, and you get to take the credit later. With today's super busy schedules in mind, HelloFresh has 15 minute meals that let you serve up a home-cooked dinner in less time than it takes to get takeout or delivery. Bam! But HelloFresh has even more. You can stock up on easy breakfasts or quick lunch options in addition to their 40 weekly recipes and over 100 add-on items to choose from each week. Seriously, HelloFresh makes meal planning a snap, which is one of the reasons we've been enjoying it so much. So get HelloFresh and go to HelloFresh.com 50PCPer and use code 50PCPer for 50% off plus 15% off for the next two months. Get started with your sampling of America's number one meal kit and go to hellofresh.com slash 50PCPER and use code 50 per for 50% off plus 15% off the next two months.
0: We are back and we're going to move right into security hey. corner.
4: Yeah, trigger and, warning It's security corner.
0: It, it, let's talk about probing. A probe. <laughs> well, there revealed. is Probing previously secret israeli spyware that infects targets via ads now
4: i agree i just dis- i like the lawyer register but i disagree with this because it's not secret they're literally selling it yes it costs a hell of a lot of money to buy but they are selling it to whoever wants it and it literally targets you via the ads that are served to you and it's uh Actually, paired with another uh, cyber intelligence, uh, or, well, I mean, we could say cyber intelligence, but it's spy agency that watches the ads that are served to you so that they can then serve you up infected ads that look exactly like what the ones you generally see are. And it's for sale. Now, this is nasty. And Brett, I'm sure you've got a few things to say about this one, too.
3: Uh, they've is, named it. Sher- they've named it Sherlock, and yeah. this is clearly something that the big tech media companies, so- social media companies, have been sort of rolling their own and trying to stay on top of things like Apple's awareness of this sort of thing and opt-out mechanisms and blocking mechanisms, and maybe Google may have done some sort of like hand waving at that but the point here is is that there have been a lot of mobile and and browser blocking that has has come along to try and and stop these big media companies fortunately this company has come along with their Sherlock product and a way to get around that and these large media companies embrace that and thankfully this company is here to serve their needs and make sure that you the product and I'm talking about everyone here as an individual, the product is continued to be accessible and spied upon um, as you're destined to be. So if you could just pony up uh, to your social media site and just sort of give it up, um, they would be much appreciative of that. And this particular product, buyable by anyone with deep enough pockets, will um, happily oblige.
2: That's all. It's crappy. Jeremy, does this uh, spy agency involved in this, do they rhyme with facade by any chance?
3: <laughs> That's
4: funny, I can neither confirm nor
3: <laughs> deny this question. The question is, is that the headline of this particular article is Israeli spyware. So the wondering is, is this um, agency uh, sponsored? You know, I don't know. Next,
0: thousands of Juniper devices vulnerable to unauthenticated RCE flaw.
4: Yeah, so there were two uh, medium flaws. They were like fives, 5.5, something like that. And it turned out that if you added those together, you got a 9.8. Okay, I know the math doesn't check out on this, but they also don't ever do a 10. So hmm. there is a PHP environment variable that they can mess with. Except when you chain that together with a missing authentication to run code, you can actually just sort of take over a route, a a firewall. And if there's one appliance, you do not want people taking over, it'd be your firewall. And it gets better because after the researchers figure this out, they realize that, wait, no, this, uh, five point something flaw. We don't even need the second flaw to do that. We can just run unauthorized code on your firewall with just the one because, hey, we're not perfect. You know, we, we do CVs as best we can, and it looks like a medium flaw until someone comes out with a proof of concept to say, yeah, no, that's, that's actually well up
3: into the nine point somethings. Well, apparently it's this not. is a do a do file upload exposed functionality in a PHP environment. And if you're like me and you like PHP as much as kind of everybody else does, despite the fact that it still runs probably half the web, it, it has its issues, especially when it's unpatchable, like in a you know, an environment that's sort of an embedded Juniper yeah. mechanism you know hardware so what are you gonna do? kind of thing what are you going to do you're not going to do anything so you're just going to kind of sit there you know sh- accepting file uploads and and environment variable overrides till somebody can exploit it uh, externally with a with a one-liner and then own you uh yeah this is pretty bad um i think they identified yeah. uh over twelve thousand. uh yeah, about twice yeah. yep that are still susceptible to this sort of thing. A uh, one-liner exploit for owning your network, kind of, or yeah. all the traffic uh, traversing across. I find this especially, if I can say, um, there's a German Horrific. word for this. Horrific. Uh, Sch- uh, yeah. Uh, that's uh, a security uh, apparatus uh, mechanism, the firewall that's designed to protect you is the exploitable element of your network. There's a certain yeah. uh, je ne sais quoi.
4: <laughs> there, there's a reason we don't use juniper at work anymore because <laughs> this has happened yeah. uh, multiple times Anyway, yeah. yeah. it's,
3: it's sad is, and I, you're saying, oh, I'm not
4: sure there's a it's patch grand. Yeah. it's yeah. 12,000 machines no juniper firewalls are stupid expensive they, they are usually sitting at the edge of a giant corporation and they are supposed to take care of everything so, yeah, when you say that only 12,000 or so have been affected, no, you were talking about entire corporations that are now vulnerable to this. It's it's really not good.
0: Next, here's an AI story. Oh, thank goodness we get have an of AI again. Microsoft AI researchers accidentally exposed terabytes of internal sensitive data.
3: You know, yeah, for the last like, three or four years. It, it could happen to anybody. Come on now. I mean, who hasn't checked into their Git repo, their super secret security credentials they never meant to just because it was below a directory? That they gave I mean, full access to, not just read access to, but like full access? That's just the credentials they gave away. They didn't it was a two-step process. One, somebody no. had to carefully analyze the Git repo, like, you know, check it out. Yep, step one, that's that's it, there are no more steps. So yeah. they, they essentially had to pull the Git repo and then look through it and say, hey, um, a particular engineer checked in like terabytes or something of data that allow us to exploit your internal network with credentials that allow us to essentially pull down thousands and thousands of employee, uh, employee data, particular personal information, and they did.
4: There, there are two Microsoft employees that are in real deep shit right now because, yeah, they drag down the personal backups of those two employees' machines. They're not named.
3: There's a convenient command, though. Oh. That's that's called git blame, and uh, yeah, you could find out who they were pretty easily. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't want to because I feel bad for them. Yeah, this is a bad move. I mean, but like I said, it could happen to anybody. Oh my gosh! Yeah. I I I get pushed an entire tree of stuff. I should never have done that. My bad. Yeah.
4: Well, yeah, They I, should have done They that. wanted to train their machine learning on, on open source stuff, mm-hmm. but that was literally what. But my favorite part about the whole bloody article is the URL, which has exposed this data since 2020, Ooh, was okay. also misconfigured to allow full control rather than read-only permissions. According to (laughs) Wes,
3: I I think we need to turn to Microsoft for these sorts of uh, shenanigans, and I'm glad they're out there because, you know, somebody's got to do this sort of thing, and Microsoft is stepping up to the plate to cause these or and to to step into it this hard. Mm. Good on them. (laughs) Yeah. No. And. No, if there, it's got to be
1: somebody, we still don't know how many keys
4: got released through this. Yeah. Uh, your key server may it. suddenly go down because hey, you have an exposed key, and now you got to redo something.
3: I'm I'm thinking of the engineer who's actually doing like the Git push on this is going like, wow, this is taking really long time. What why is this taking so long to <laughs> upload? <laughs> well,
4: I mean, it's like uh, Azure or Intune. I do something, it might happen immediately.
3: It might happen in an hour.
4: It might take until tomorrow. No okay, one knows. So I've just, There's no rhyme I've or reason. Gone to,
3: I've gone to lunch or I've switched away from that task and assuming it'll take care of itself and I'll, I'll check back tomorrow. Well, you kind of have to, because it's like, no, literally I've done everything here's
4: the screenshot that I've done it. Yeah. It's not working yeah. on my end. Well, it's yeah. in into, it might be tomorrow. We'll see. Yeah, no, that's just, uh. But don't worry, kids. Trust your Trust Intune. Trust Microsoft. They... uh Something.
0: Yes. Something. It's yeah. time for Gaming Quick Hits. And uh, this is part of the show where we urge you to drop everything and uh, yeah. buy Cyberpunk Phantom Liberty. Everybody's Maybe. raving There's about it. They're posting bar. screenshots everywhere.
4: It's got Celba.
1: If you haven't watched anything with him in a while,
4: now uh, was it uh, uh, was DLSS
1: three point five? It's 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 got the uh, whatchamacallit? what you call it ray reconstruction, ray mm-hmm. reconstruction. That's uh, a pretty good.
4: Yeah, if you're running on an Intel or an Nvidia, apparently my uh, RX eight or RX six thousand eight hundred XT is going to have the problem with it. But no, I, I'm busy playing other things, but I was curious to see what rock paper shotgun thought of it and saying possibly the best DLC ever is like really strong. That's strong. Really? But uh, from what they're sort of saying, the uh, campaign that you get with the DLC is actually better than any of the campaign games from the main main game, Hmm. which is, you know, (laughs) Not the worst thing to be saying. Uh, even if you don't buy it, you still get a totally reworked perk tree. You get a totally reworked cyberware thing. Uh, several new missions. There's now car combat, apparently. If you do buy the DLC, you get another ghost in your head. You get to meet the president, apparently.
3: Uh, you get significantly more levels. Look at all those blue new- screens of death. That's oh. that's an interesting observation. I didn't see that at
1: first. <laughs> I'm not paying to crash this stuff, man.
4: Well, no, that was the first release. When they first mm. released it, you were paying to just crash it.
0: <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, it's not better than Beyond the Sword. And I haven't even played it yet, but no, it's not better than Beyond the Sword. Civ four Beyond the Sword, come on.
3: So yeah, the final release this
4: one sounds good,
3: and it's a Civ good five, channel. was
4: just sort of bad, and then Civ six was just yeah,
3: this is the shame. final release of uh, Cyberpunk because they're changing engines. So if you enjoy yes. it, you can enjoy it slightly more with this DLC. Hey,
0: they're they're saying that it's the size of a full game, the this yeah. DLC.
4: So yeah, uh, they said twelve to sixteen hours for the uh,
0: new quest. Kent, are you excited for this uh, new chapter?
2: Oh wait, Oh well, yeah. I finally finished uh, rebuilding my PC last weekend Ooh. and uh, reinstalled Cyberpunk and started a new campaign. Just gotten into the very beginning of it and uh, yeah, I'm I'm ready. I'm ready for the patch and I'm ready for the DLC.
0: Is your body ready? You said your PC <laughs> is ready, is your body yep. ready?
2: No, I'm 54 years old. My body's not ready for anything.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Is your 4090, 12 volt high power ready for the experience? (laughs) Oh, are you
0: 12 volt Mm -hmm. high power certified? Are you, uh, wait, is it dual by six something? What's the new standard called? The update? I don't. Oh, I don't know. You were the one that told us. It's 12V, six by six or something. I don't remember. Something like that.
4: Let us know how the vehicular combat goes because I haven't had a good vehicular combat game in a while. I will. There's just too much stuff to play right now.
0: All right, let's talk about the Unity thing. Now, Unity has now promised after the seemingly endless outcry over their ridiculous new fee structure, they are now promising changes to install fee plans as developer Fallout continues. Just to
3: just do a TLDR on this, <clears throat> Unity was the go-to engine for a very large that. number of of uh, of indie mobile platform and desktop platform developers for games and uh, uh, finger twiddler, you know, time wasters um, on uh, so many different places because Unity had a, a great model and and a way to gain adoption. Uh, of course, anybody who is the underdog in this case i think versus unreal is probably going to be priced right in order to gain usage well now that they've got the usage they want to crank up the essentially recoup their investment and crank up the dollar figure against everybody and this was this was a um, surprise and uh, nobody liked the fact that uh, they were going to be charged uh, 20, 20 cents per usage install and there's so many different like yeah, if after this about then 50 that K
4: installs? situations
3: yeah, then they came back with, you know, we're going to tier this with different places that the, that's going to cut in, and then and then they tried to kind of soft sell it some more by saying, oh, we're going to kind of exempt you, and we're going to exempt you from this this fee structure, and then they threw you know, maybe this was somebody who just talked to me today at uh, uh, over the network. They said, oh, we're just going to be one percent less than Unreal. Um, but the point is, is that there's been a great hue and, and upcry about about this because right. Unity is great for a lot of uh, platforms and especially mobile games. I don't, don't know where this is going to end up. They may potentially uh, oh. uh, uh, backtrack on this whole thing. I really don't know. It's no, unsettled at this moment right now, but it feels like they're going to move forward with some sort of fee structure for the uh, largest users of the system. They have to recoup. No, the
4: problem is know. that Unity uh, has been losing investor money. Mm, mm -hmm. The investors are not making money off of it. And so they've got a new guy in charge, can't remember his name, uh, but they would like to, you know, see some return on the investment they put Mm. into unity. So I don't think there's going to be a reversal in this because there's money involved and they would like to not see a net loss coming off of this. The problem is that a small net loss is better than a large net loss and that seems to be sort of the dichotomy they're looking at right now
3: uh, mead mentions that the new ceo is former ea and this sort of makes sense now you ever know anyone yeah, that, that explains a lot yeah, yeah. it's okay. this all makes sense yeah i can't remember his so name. these are this the install is essentially a unity loot box I, I'm, I'm sort of understanding this better now Finally, Space, please. humble bundle
0: update. HeroCraft PC Humongous Collection game bundle. How many games are in this? 17. If you pay $25, what do you get? Another
4: day older and deeper in debt.
2: Well done.
4: No, you get a bunch of uh, sort of pass the time games. You get some uh, strategy games. You can get some Warhammer. I haven't actually played Foot
3: Lowell, but I have heard that it is just <laughs> ridiculous. <laughs> I think the one of the standouts here, if if you like this sort of thing, is the uh the Warhammer 40k. Yeah, the
4: Space Puppies.
3: Yeah. <laughs> space Wolf. Space Puppies. Space Wolf and all the DLC that goes with it is apparently going off of the platform in early October, October twelfth. Oh no, uh, delisting
0: October twelfth. Last right. chance. So, Grab it now or it's
3: forever gone. This is a great opportunity, if you like that sort of game, to jump on this one.
0: All right, let's move to the reviews portion of tonight's podcast. And
1: dare do a review tonight.
0: Standing by. Kit. Kit. It's already 8.30. To talk about
2: a keyboard? Keyboard. Yeah, you know, I've actually been um, relatively quiet tonight because I've just been typing on this keyboard and uh enjoying it very much because it feels great I, I was not a you know i didn't quite understand that keyboard passion that a lot of these people have uh, talking about their various switches and gatorons and etc etc i as i mentioned in the article i have every Can linear switch oh have you joined, joined. us
4: because I didn't Everyone want to until Drop. the Lord of the Rings keyboards, <laughs> and then it was like suddenly, <laughs> all right, fine, I'll try it out. And I'm like, hey, this actually kind of works. So you've yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, By the
0: way, the the name of the product for the people listening to the podcast is the ROG Strix Scope Two Ninety Six Wireless.
3: And yes, 96 and, uh, is the reference uh, it, to the key count, I would assume. Uh, yeah.
2: No, it's a, it, right? it's a 96% size keyboard. What? Um, oh, interesting. But it has uh, a full complement of keys. Oh, I'm going the wrong way. There we go. So this has a 10 key, um, but it is uh, about the size of a 10 keyless keyboard.
0: Uh that's this, it this in looks comparison smaller to than ninety six percent to me. It's like eighty percent. Well, the others are one of four.
2: but anyway, um, <laughs> so they call it ninety six percent, just like the others are sixty percent and seventy five percent. but yeah, uh, this has a new switch that Asus has developed. Uh, I don't know who is making the switch for them. But this is a linear switch. I've never liked linear switches. I've tried several varieties. I, 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 they just always felt very squishy. They didn't have any kind of feedback. Um, and I learned, as I mentioned in the article, I learned on a mechanical typewriter. And then I moved to a sol- IBM Selectric typewriter. So I was used to having, you know, feedback uh from from my keyboards and then you know i've used a variety of different keyboards ibm ms up to you know just crap keyboards um and i'd settled on clicky tactile switch mechanical switches and i was pretty happy with those but uh, there's something about the these nx snow switches uh they're factory pre-lubed um but they have they have a little higher uh, uh, resistance than most of the linear switches I've tried. Uh, ASU says it's a 40 gram switch, which is pretty close to the mechanical uh, tactile switches I've used. Um, but it just it's smooth all the way down. Um, when you strike bottom, it's a nice deep thud, essentially. Um, but it 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 almost feels like typing on a on a, a typewriter in a way. Um, but it's quieter. But, yeah, the the biggest thing has been just getting used to this new layout because this 96% layout is, you know, it's yeah. different. Keys are in a slightly different position, but as you get used to it, um, I'm really liking it. Uh, the key feel is just fantastic. I can't speak highly enough about how good the key feel is. Um, there's a multifunction key. Yes, you if you want to set different parameters than it comes stock with, you do have to install install Armory Crate, but it's a trimmed down version of, of what are the do Armory Crate between called? Armory unpacked. Crate here. What's that?
3: It's like a spacing between there. Is that looks like a light oh? Um, or... So
2: those are uh, so the multifunction num- keep-
3: number lock and. F-lock and
4: scroll lock. Or yeah, well, the doodad between up? the enter and the number pad. You yeah, you those? can
2: hit the function and use the, uh, the number lock, scroll lock. Well, there's still a number lock dedicated button.
4: Uh,
2: yeah. Um, but the, the top of those little LED indicators is what you set the multifunction key for, which is right beside okay. the volume wheel. You can set it for lighting, uh, media, so it can be play pause or it can be your lighting uh, or you can program macros through it Um, the bottom of the two led selectors is bluetooth you can connect this keyboard up to three different devices and then you just tell it which one you're on and it connects so yeah that's great Uh, i'm actually you know this is my main keyboard now and but I'm on my streaming system at the moment and I'm using it here in Bluetooth mode. And it was just a straight switch over. I didn't have to remove the dongle from my main system. Um, uh, it's a well-built keyboard, uh, because it is so compact, it actually feels even sort of more rugged than, uh, a full size, the full size razor Huntsman I've been using mm-hmm. for a couple of years. Um, and it's just the density it you know it's heavy and very small um but you know i've i've really enjoyed the experience using this keyboard um it's just been fun it's a good product uh and i'm pretty happy with it i used it i got the review i started the review on it with the intention of using it for two weeks um, just to get used to it and get the experience and uh, it's been over two weeks, and it's still what I'm using.
1: So do you, do you caress the keys and say you are my density?
3: <laughs> That's hysterical. It's not hysterical, ah. but anyway,
2: <laughs> what's the
3: what's the pricing on this? How much does it run? Uh, it is one seventy
2: nine. It is one seventy nine yeah. ninety nine.
3: They're pretty proud of it.
2: They are pretty proud of it, but there are more expensive keyboards. And if you start looking into like buying, like a um a glorious oh don't uh, turn into Scott
4: Wossen here. Yeah,
2: yeah if you, I mean, if you,
0: keyboard people are weird. Yeah, they
3: are really. Yeah, they're a bit odd. Can we all
0: just uh, mean, stop talking for a few seconds and appreciate the 35 seconds of keyboard ASMR that Kent provided with his review?
3: Kent, okay. could you please could you please just continue with the keyboard ASMR?
0: Um, Thank
4: you. Oh, um, Jeremy.
3: And that was his password, by the way.
4: That no, that was a lot of rude
1: words, is what <laughs> that was. Dude, that was that was that was like the the end. Scene of Ocean's Eleven.
2: <laughs> so, um, actually, You're what I one. was typing, what I was typing, which it's so funny that you guys brought it up, because I was just wondering if anyone would catch it. Was uh, how would we you miss can, it? You can, you can always trust reviews from PCPer.com.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I told you. I thought it was lyrics from- and Roots. <laughs>
3: I thought it was lyrics from Rick Astley to tell you the truth, but you know. I was going with rusted yeah. root song, but anyway, sure. <laughs> so what is your conclusion
0: to, about this product?
2: Uh, you know, uh, considering that, you know, if you buy a, a, pre-built keyboard from glorious that has factory pre switches of your, you know, your spec. Um, you get the frame and everything and it's well over $300 for that. You know, if, if you are interested in spending that kind of money on a keyboard, try this first, you know, honestly, if these, you like it, these,
3: those keys sound linear to me. They, they really do. I know you said you didn't uh, like linear switches. They they are but linear
2: these, switches. They are these are linear. Yes, these changed my mind about linear because oh, they have a little. They've they're they're extremely smooth. Um, if, I don't it, miss the. This is the first linear switch I've ever used that I don't miss the tactile feedback.
3: I, I like linear switches.
2: So. You
0: pointed out yeah. Kent in the review that they are damping acoustically the actual chassis like the
2: yes yes a there is, layer uh, of
0: like some kind of dense foam and something there's in uh, there. there's
2: a silicon layer uh under the pcb and then there's foam under the switches um so it is highly damped um really the only the only switch on here that has any kind of rattle or sound to it other than just that what they call the thock sound when it it bottoms out um is the space bar.
0: Yeah.
2: Um and that's just I think partially because of the size of the space bar and you know it's a big hollow uh space yeah. underneath the, you know on the underside of it. So With two uh, um, switches I'm assuming. Sometimes
0: sometimes it, it's, it's just balanced over one. Yeah, I think
2: it's, it's like one sports. switch. It's one switch but it's a uh, a a stabilizer bar and dampers.
4: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Fair. And all the, all the dampers were pre-factory lube, just like the switches. Um, you can pull the keycaps, and when you can look at the stabilizers under there, and you can actually see that, yeah, they weren't lying. There's definitely a lube on there. But.
0: All right. Well, thank you, Kent, for that review. And we're going to move immediately to Pixel Week. Josh, please get us started.
2: Me? Uh, yeah. You
1: know what? I, I've been kind of looking around because my kid wants to upgrade his machine and I've got some CPUs around here that I could use. Uh, AM4 stuff is getting interesting. Uh, some of the higher end uh, X570S chipsets are getting rare. They're back-ordered. So I found this mm. one. It's a B550. Uh, it has pretty much everything. It's like, you know, you know, MSRP is 225. It is now well below that at 129 so uh if 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 you really want to still upgrade and like you know eventually get like a 580x a 5800x 3d it's a good option yeah you you give up the uh, pcie 4.0 second slot for the m.2 but the first one is still up there and uh, at 129 bucks Kind of a heck of a deal. It's got the 2.5 gigabit Ethernet. So if you want to upgrade your home network to 2.5, this is an excellent option. And plus,
3: it's, you know, it does look fleek. Josh, I feel like you're still giving lip service to the one gigabit plus uh, networking that's out there. I I am not because I really, I really want to get 2.5 for some
1: reason because, you know, I'm jealous of my neighbors that have it.
3: All right. I'm not. But Josh now has a high fiber diet.
1: I do. I do. It's only one gigabit fiber. So I don't need it yet. But if I ever want to go to two gigabit fiber, which is only $10 more with my group, uh, got to get the 2.5. That's
3: tempting. (sighs) That's tempting. You might have to to slide some of that burger money over to uh, fiber. I'll be talking to you later. There's not much fiber in those burgers. Now Help Josh get two more gigabits a second, or another gigabit a second. Please. Back to the motherboard right, thing. Get
1: a router. Anyway, Very
0: timely pick, ahead. Josh, because recently he had a YouTube comment about the availability of the Azrock Phantom Gaming XX 570 board. And my response was, uh, they were saying, like, why can't I find this anywhere? And I said, because it's a four-year-old product and they want you yeah, they to they stopped AM5. They're focused mm-hmm. on AM5 now. So that's the annoying thing is that X, this, we keep on saying on the show, the 5800X3D is such an amazing processor for around yep. $300. Unfortunately, those high-end boards for AM4 are starting to become a little scarce. So that's becoming the problem. Get B550 a lot more B550, readily, yeah. But anyway... Hey Nato, ten dollars
3: <laughs> ten gigabit.
0: Well month. wouldn't it be
3: two? A month. Give, be two? Give to the give to the two gigabit a month. Josh, double your Josh. bandwidth
0: for one month. For yes. You can't use it though, because none of your networking equipment supports it, but Exactly. At least exactly. you'll know.
3: <laughs> you need to remake, Josh. You need to remake. To, Venito, as much as
4: we appreciate it, do you really want to see Josh at 4K?
0: I do, and no, I don't want to have we, to use AI upscaling to make that happen. I want Josh to no, do that, that native look better. 10 bit 4K Actually, just video AI file. Upscale all of
1: us. No. So yeah, this is a a good option for 2.5 and for you still got some good stuff on there. And uh, at a 129, it is relatively inexpensive and nice build. Got all the power phases that you could want. Exactly. Plus plus SATA six. Come on, man. Yeah. Come <laughs> on, bro. Very useful. SATA, SATA six. Okay, yeah. you can get a four terabyte SATA six for like 120 bucks. Oh yeah.
0: The only thing I'm using SATA Achiever sticks for these that. days
1: is those huge hard drives, like your 20
0: yeah. terabyte, 18 terabyte hard drives. Yep. Yep. I'm not using SATA SSDs anymore. I'm lying. Have, I'm using a SATA SSD in the streaming PC that I'm recording to right now. onto a SATA
3: TrueNAS, my TrueNAS box is filled with 10 terabytes, 10 terabytes, 10 terabytes, 10 terabytes, 10 terabytes. 10 terabytes. Yeah, I SSDs. SSDs? No, no spinners. Um, yeah. So spinners. You, you got that? You got that got sass. He's sassy. I do actually have a SAS card in there because you can split that out to 8. Yep. yep. Uh, yeah, it works very well. I think that's what Alan was doing with his crazy free NAS
0: contraption. Was yeah, but he's doing different things now. Well, yeah, but there was a time I went over to his house I'm... and he had a desk covered in like these braided like I don't know what to call them. It was like an octopus. It was like one cable yeah. went off to like eight cables and there was more than one of those
3: and I'm on the it's level scuzzy. that were we live in the same neighborhood, but he's the crazy guy at the end of the street. I see. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean,
1: he doesn't want to be at the front of the chain. He wants to be at the Mm-mm. end. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's, yeah, it's, tur- it's nine fifty four mountain standard time. We're, <clears throat> we're moving along, moving along.
0: Oh, Jeremy. Jeremy, Jeremy you're back.
3: Back it up. Graph paper. You're, what are do you doing? A there? dungeon crawl. Dungeon I've crawl. been in this dungeon. I've been in this I'm dungeon. am doing
4: wizardry. Proven grounds of the Mad Overlord. Oh, uh, that was adventure. Is back. They have a bunch of insane people taking the Unreal Engine and redone the graphics on Wizardry One, and still kept the original code from the Apple II. You, they did add some uh, benefits to it, so if you don't want to like not have a, a, a slight mini-map to make sure that you know where you are, because they don't give you a big mini-map if you go for the uh, modern conveniences. They just give you the square you can see so you can verify that you are where you are. Your people will still die. The uh, resurrections at the temple will still occasionally fail. But this is the RPG that set everything off. Wizardry 1 was pretty much the first dungeon crawler, uh, unless you want to go back to Zork, and that was text and there were no graphics. When I saw this, and I don't know how the hell that I didn't, it came up to me on uh, someone uh, sent it to me on uh, Twitter. And like, this is a game when I was like, I don't know, eight or nine, my brother was five or six and my dad was helping us out. And we literally mapped every single one of these levels of the dungeon. We defeated Wordna with three different games. We each had our own little games going. If you want a dungeon crawler, if you want a holy crap, I made it almost to the bottom of the dungeon, but a bunch of people got beat up and I've got to crawl back. And oh my God, there's an encounter at the stairway back up to the town and we could almost all die. That's the game right there. It's unforgiving. It well, this is really the NES version, but me, yeah,
0: it's the only but boxed it is gorgeous and it, if you're
4: old, as old as us, you will remember this fondly and with a bit of uh, trepidation and frustration. They've come out, it, it is gorgeous, it is fun. If you want to play the pure old school rules, you can do that. If you want to mix and match so that there's a couple of uh, you know, uh, benefits, what am, I, what am I looking for here? Uh, life improvements that make things just a little slightly easier. You can have those, or you can have a brand new version, which is significantly easier, but no, you know, go for a mix of them because I'm not that young anymore. I can't deal with what I did back in the day, but still get some graph paper, map it out, because it doesn't care whether you're having fun or not. It just wants you to play it. Come on, it's, this is old school good,
2: fun. Good pick. I appreciate that Very one. nice.
4: It's an, it's an early release, but you can still buy it. I really, come on. If you played wizardry until it, so it got Orc, bad,
3: you might like, this cause one.
4: after about wizardry three or four, mm-hmm. yeah, it just got sort of crappy.
3: Now, now it's Brett's pick, Brett. you know what I like, I like power. And I like delivering it to people, and I like recommending ways for you to get power to where you are, even if it's on the couch. Hey, hey, hey! W- w- what you gonna do with all that power? Being what you gonna do you with that to power? Know. What you gonna do with that power? Is you are gonna plug your shit in? What I'm saying is, is that if you've got USB C, if you've got USB A, if you've got a laptop, tuck this baby into the couch and Little just sofa live a life couch. Live the life of luxury. This is the way. 15% off, obviously, coupon there. So, for a little bit less than their listed price of $26, you can have couch power in a variety of formats. That's right. One, so, are- 110 laptop, USB C, or old school USB A, USB C, or USB A, wherever you're at, this device meets you. Sorry, Josh, so go ahead. Are you, are you saying with this, you could be the sofa king? I think with this by your side, you will never leave the sofa, as long as you have the remote. And, you know, that uh, flip
4: top
0: that you can.
3: What's this Clear-
0: weird eBay link?
3: Is this also one Let's, of your picks? Well, I just want to, I'm almost done with the this first one. We'll get onto that one in just a moment. This yeah, first one, by all it, means, take your time. Um, it it comes in it comes in a very uh, a nice white or uh, black tie, black. So match your furniture, and uh, as Josh says, be the king of your castle, the uh, ruler of your couch, and uh, you never have to get up again, probably. Uh, the second link was one that I just got for myself, which again is all about the power. For those of us who are looking for a at least a 3000 VA or a 3000 watt uh, UPS for your rack, for those of us with a, uh, uh, an actual 19 inch rack at home, this is an outstanding Never have deal. A rack. You're going to have to replace the batteries, but this is a uh, multi thousand dollar uh, line interactive UPS from Triplite, brand new, still in box. Batteries are surely toast so that's going to cost you a couple hundred bucks but this itself is uh, under $300 delivered so there's a few left you might want to go pick one up if you're so inclined and want to roll the dice I just ordered one it's on the way how expensive are the batteries about 150 bucks. okay yeah, not bad. Kent. so it's a it's a very expensive UPS for not a tremendous amount of money yes Kent, your pick this week
2: so you know, uh, 4K gaming is still hard for a lot of people because the, the modern games are very, very hard to drive at 4K. But there's well, a lot 8K? of cards. That'll, there's a lot of cards that will drive 1440p and even ultra wide 1440p. And so you know, now might be a good time to look at going to ultra wide especially with some of the deals out there. And right now you can get a really good 165 Hertz adaptive sync, uh, 3440 by 1440 uh, ultra wide curve monitor 329. It's from AOC. Um, it is a VA panel. So it's probably, you know, not quite as smooth as an IPS, but, Still, you know, that's a good price to get into ultra wide. And if you're worried about spending that much on a monitor that you only use you would only use for gaming, I can tell you from personal experience, these are marvelous for productivity as well. I actually have one on my desk at work because you can have multiple windows of data open and be able to use them back and forth and it's it's great. It's fantastic. So I've got an ultra wide at home, got an ultra wide at work, I game at home, and the gaming experience on an ultra wide is wonderful and immersive. And even though it's an ultra wide, it still doesn't take up a huge amount of space. Not height wise. And one day
4: Starfield will support it.
2: And one day Starfield will support it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for watching. It's this is the end. This is the end of another episode. Thank you for listening. Wait, and did
3: Kent uh, did Kent fully explain his pick, or did we? Are we he, as him? much as he's going to?
0: Oh, no, no.
2: Uh, yeah, I think we. I, got I felt it, like it yeah. reached did. a
0: conclusion okay. of some type or other. Anyway, yeah, the show's over, and uh, I don't think we could possibly have a better outro than the dueling outros from Josh and Kent. It was uh, Kent, who always brings that dry, sarcastic wit to the show, but last week was just fantastic. Like, so long. It's over.
1: We're done. Or whatever you said. And just I just
2: This cut is it off. the end.
1: This is the end. It's 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 Ferris Bueller's Day off ending. What are you still doing here? Go home. Can't
0: Go can home. you give us an outro again? Go home.
2: This is the end. Josh's only friend. The end.